The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hi, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Brooke Destra and the dynamic Joe Fordyce. Joe and Brooke, I think it's safe to say the Flyers had an up-and-down weekend, a back-to-back set. Uh, they nice. They had a nice win in Buffalo, 5-1 to one over the Sabres. Then they come home and have a pretty bad game against the Kings, 5 nothing shutout to Los Angeles. Brooke, I'll start with you. Which game held more weight in your eyes? Uh, did, was the loss a little more concerning than the than the win opening your eyes? I think <laughs> this weekend in general very much was what we should expect for the rest of the season. I think we're going to see a lot of inconsistencies. I think we're going to see a lot of, again, talked about numerous occasions now, the growing pains of <laughs> just this, this young, inexperienced roster. Um I, I'm going to go with the loss just because of the fact that it was and, – and listen, L.A., they're a good team. They're a good team. They haven't lost on the road all season yet. It's, it's incredibly impressive what they're doing so far. But, yeah, you, you come off of a really great win in Buffalo. You think that they might have the ability to build on that. They're back home. You think that, you know, after how they, they poorly wrapped up the four-game homestand prior – that maybe it was a great opportunity for them to build off of. And it was, it was a clunker. They, they laid a goose egg literally and, and metaphorically. <laughs> um, mm. And yeah, it was, it was disappointing, but I also think, you know, I didn't expect them to come out and do much against LA, but I thought that they were going to put up a fight and that is, that's not what we saw. I was surprised that they, they, they won so convincingly in Buffalo without Couturier and Hart. Uh, two guys dealing with day-to-day injuries. And then the Kings loss, I think, you know, they really missed those two. And I thought, Brooke, I'm with you. It, it, that that one opened my eyes a little bit more because I think we saw what can really give the Flyers struggles this year. It's lack of finish, guys that just cannot uh, maybe have that finish uh, on the scoring touch and then the power play struggling. I just think these are things that we could see consistently throughout the year. I just don't think they have enough finishers um, and Tyson Forster being one of them, a, a kid we'll talk about later, uh, but a guy that's just struggling to score goals and a, a guy that we thought would really fill a need for the Flyers, and that's finish. Joe, how about you when you were watching in the studio? What, what were you thinking with both those games? Well, I think the Kings game stood out a little more because, well, the Flyers didn't get NHL caliber goaltending in that game. Um, and – it's tough to win when that's happening and you have power play struggles and things like you mentioned. And it, to me, I think their defense struggled badly for the first time this season, I think for the full game. Um, Cam York had a really rough night, really rough night that, um, you know, 
the bouncing puck, he probably could have played that better. He shoots the puck out of, you know, over the glass, way over the glass, and then gets benched. And, you know, it's – we know what John Tortorella does with these situations. When guys make mm-hmm. mindless sort of plays that don't need to be made, like he – there was a guy that was near him, but it wasn't like a strong forecheck, and he didn't need to throw the puck, you know, around the boards the way he did or over the glass. And, um, you know, it really – those are the kind of things that get guys benched, and Tortorella doesn't care – what the benching does to the rest of the team for that game. And um, I mean, that was that part. It was, he mentioned it the other night. That was the swing spot of the game. It was two, nothing. Then it was four, nothing before they blinked and the game was over. Um, And unlike um, I'm trying to think of which game this was, there was the game where the flyers just kept, uh, they kept giving up goals. Erson kept giving up goals. The Flyers would make a little comeback, and then they kept giving up goals. It he was against some... uh, Anaheim. Right, the Anaheim game a couple game, weeks yeah. ago. And what you didn't see in the game against the Kings the other night was that fight back. There were no moments where you thought, they're going to score a couple goals. It it never felt like they were going to score. It felt like it was a shutout midway through the second period on, and and it was just like, okay, just wait for the time to run out, basically. Um, so that was the part that stood out to me. There really wasn't a ton of fight after this, the ball started rolling downhill on them. Yeah, and it was interesting because I feel like we've commended the Flyers a lot so far to start this season, where even though they were down, they were never out. They kept fighting. They kept trying to push back. I think, again, the game against Carolina was great um execution of that until like the final two minutes when Carolina put on that masterclass to just hold the lead um they just gave up and it was I mean we're you know a handful of games into the season now so it's you know you're gonna have a few question mark games like that but it was really like hang your heads we're defeated the game is over you can call it at like the 40 minute mark basically like they did not have to come out the third period and play that game. That's basically how it felt like. And it was, you know, that's, it's disappointing to watch. Nobody wants to sit and watch that kind of performance. Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, Jordan, one thing, other thing I was thinking, too, and I was thinking this the other night watching the game with the Kings, is does that kind of game make you forget about what might have been their most complete effort of the season the night before? And is it just us that are too close to it and maybe we we think that way? But your average fan isn't going to say, well, you know, maybe your average fan looks at it and says, well, they won the game in Buffalo on the road. Uh, that was a complete win, and they came home and they faced a far superior team. I don't think anybody entered the game Saturday saying the Flyers are going to win this game against the Kings. Nobody was – they hoped, but no one was predicting – there was nothing about anything on paper about that game that said the Flyers should win, including the goaltending. And um, so maybe we're overreacting, but the when you talk about the – 
individual spots of the game. You mentioned Forrester. I mentioned York. The, the players you want to see grow, uh, they're really struggling right now. Um, and that's maybe a little more glaring when guys like Couturier aren't in the lineup yeah. um, because he's kind of like the cure that ails people. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. shift the lines and put a guy with Couturier and all of a sudden he looks a lot better. And that's not there. Um, but that you don't, to me, I'm discouraged by some of the young players that we talked about during the offseason being like, this is their time to shine. And they're just not shining right now. Um, Brink would be the one that I would say is not, is actually doing what we talked about. Um, he is noticeable every game, but some of the other guys, Forrester and York, to to um, name two, uh, you'd like to see a little more growth from them at this point. Joe, it's a good point. I do think there's some overreaction to the loss because I don't know about you guys, but going into the game, I thought second night of a back-to-back, no Couturier or Hart, Cal Peterson and net. And they're playing a really good Kings team. I, I I I did not expect them to win. I think I would have liked to see them be more competitive. And they haven't been very competitive in their, their last four home games. They're 0, 0 and four in their last four home games. They've been outscored twenty to eight. So to me, that's concerning because you, you need to play at least competitive hockey at home to get fans buying back in, wanting to come back to games, thinking if they come to a game, they're going to see at least a close game and. Um, they haven't been super competitive at home recently after winning their first three games there. Um, and yeah, Brooke, it, it, are, are you a little worried maybe about some of the younger players like Forster, Frost, York, uh, s- some bumps in the road, I think for them, perhaps that's part of a rebuilding season is some young players kind of going in waves a little bit. Yeah. So I just, I'm more confused than anything just based off of how certain prospects and like some of the, not prospects anymore, how um, some of the younger guys are being treated compared to the others, just in terms of playtime. Like I, I went on a rant about how Frost sat for six games, the last podcast, but I think that, you know, it's going to take a minute for him to kind of figure things out again. And as much as you say, it's not going to affect you mentally. It's going to affect you mentally when you sit for 15 days. And I'm just kind of confused as to where that same um, mentality lies with Forrester. You know, um, I just think that he hasn't, you know, lived up so far this season to hold a spot in the roster and you so openly sat Morgan Frost consistently night in night out even though he was one of your top producers last season and Forrester's significantly struggling right now and you know it lies the question where do you sit him is that going to affect him do you send him down to Lehigh Valley but he's not producing he's got two assists on the season so far it's nothing crazy it's nothing substantial but why aren't we holding all of the younger guys to the same level of accountability that we were with Frost? Um, and I know it was a non-benching situation, but at the end of the day, he still sat for six games. He still paid the price, and it's going to take him a second to figure things out. Why? I guess the leash is just a little longer with Forrester right now to see if he can figure things out. I know that the organization's really high on him. 
but when we were discussing this whole battle of, you know, who might squeak into the roster, if it was going to be Forrester, if it was going to be Brink, Jordan, I know that we were really high on that. We see Brink making the roster and he's every single game. What, like you were saying, Joe, you notice him every single game and he's making an effort and he's, you know, rightfully fighting for a spot every single game. I just, I don't see that with Forrester right now. There's a lot, there's a big disconnect. I just felt that way from the rookie game before training camp even began. There was, he just seems off right now. And I'm not sitting here saying he'll never figure it out, but there's a a really prominent disconnect right now with his game. And I don't really know where, where we're going. I feel like we're just kind of going in circles right now. So it's definitely concerning. Uh, To me, the thing with Forrester is um, to prove that that disconnect you talk about is when he was in the system, for as long as he's been in the system, you heard about his shot. That's the strength of his game. He's got a great shot. We've seen several occasions where he's hesitant to shoot the puck when – He's on a two-on-one, and the defense—you know—the defenseman takes the passing lane, it, and he doesn't shoot the puck. He tries to pass it through two or three players, and it's—you know—those are the kind of things when a guy doesn't have confidence in his game. His number—the number one thing in his game is his shot, and when he's presented with those opportunities and he passes them up, that's where you—to me—you see a guy lacking confidence, and. Um, you know, that's that's concerning. And originally when Frost came out, he came out of the lineup for Brink to go in. And then it, it quickly became those two guys being compared to each other. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, there's Brink's definitely not coming out. So there's got to be another spot there. And I mean, it's with Couturier out, it's a different situation. But all things being equal, um, you would think for, the the thing with Forrester is I feel like John Tortorella wants him to play all the time, regardless of the level. So if he's going to come out of the lineup, he's got to go to the Phantoms in his mind. Mm-hmm. It seems like that's the way he's always talked about him. Um, and maybe that has something to do with it. But either way, you're right. It doesn't seem like it seems like there's different sets of rules for different players and it's pro sports. So that's but so that's kind of the way things go. But. Mm-hmm. this particular group of players we're talking about haven't done enough in the league yet to earn that sort of treatment mm-hmm. in my opinion. So I also um, just don't think it would do any wrong to send him down to Lehigh. Like I, you know, give him more minutes, try and build up that confidence, try and, you know, see if there's just that it's, I, it's really going to be a, a, like flicking a switch with him in terms of the confidence with his shot. As soon as he has it going, it, it's going to work. It's We've seen it time and time again. So why not give him that opportunity to succeed and then bring him back when he's, you know, firing on all cylinders, see what he's able to contribute now. Cause really he's just, he's just holding a spot in a line. It's, it's, it's kind of unfortunate because like, like we were saying about, Brink, like he came in and he's making this this huge impact. People are talking about him and Forrester. You're just kind of like, you know, it's there and it's going to happen. All players develop at different rates. You know, I'm not knocking the kid at all. Not at all. Um, but just give him the 
the level, like the tools to succeed, basically. Um, and I think maybe that a little, you know, go into the playing the Phantoms for a little bit because you don't have to waive him. I mean, like he doesn't have to clear waivers. So as opposed to, you know, if you sit Frost, he like you can't send him down to play and, and you know, stay on top of his game. You can't. He has to sit there. And that's not going to benefit anybody. So send him down, figure it out, <laughs> and then bring him back up. I, I don't and know. If you go back to the York situation last year, you know, he didn't make the team out of camp and he came back when he came back. Yes. He came back a different player. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, he was down there probably long, longer than anyone expected. But, you know, I think this, the same logic can be applied to that situation. And you look at the player that came back after, you know, let's be honest, taking hit to the ego a little bit. Um, I, it seems like the guys that have not established themselves in the league yet, um, that works for them. The go down and straighten out your game. We'll mm-hmm. see you in a couple of weeks or a few weeks, whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. Um, we've seen it work before, so that always could be an option. Forster has uh, no goals in 11 games, and so I think he's pressing offensively. I'm not sure he's ever really gone through a goal drought like that probably in his life. Obviously, it's a kid that scored a ton of goals at junior hockey. He's done it at the AHL level when he's with the Phantoms. So I do not think it would be a terrible thing if they got him to Lehigh Valley and he was the guy down there, built confidence, comes back, and a little little less pressure on his shoulders. It would not surprise me if maybe after this road trip, if he's still fighting it a little bit offensively, mm-hmm. the Flyers make a decision there. Uh, I don't think he's been bad uh, in, in his overall game. Like I don't think he's hurting them defensively in the 200-foot department type of thing. Same with Frost. Um, but – these guys, yeah, need to produce, especially when I when Sean Couturier is out or and then Travis Konechny goes a game without scoring. Like, you need some others to step up, and Forrester is here to score some goals. Frost is here to create some offense, and he's got no points through six games, and I don't think the benching helped him. I think it kind of threw a random wrench in his rhythm, and uh, now he's, you know, trying to get that first point, and maybe that's in his head a little bit. So, uh, yeah, the Flyers need these guys – to produce when others um, are not. Uh, that's that's putting it simply. With York, uh, Brooke and Joe, uh, Brooke, I'll start with you. I, I think Cam York's got a good head on his shoulders. He, I thought he took that third period benching in stride. I hope he stays in the lineup and I hope he keeps playing. I, I think he's going to bounce back because I just think he's a kid that uh, has a mature makeup and knows how to put something behind him. Um, and I think we forget he's 22. What do you think about York and just that really tough game against the Kings? Yeah, so, I I mean, I think we've been, since York was drafted, basically, we have always said he's wise beyond his years in terms of hockey sense. I don't think that this is going to really hinder his game. It's a lesson that he obviously he took accountability for. He's going to learn from it. And clearly, you know, Tortorella wasn't happy with it. He was like, he shot the puck out of the, out of the arena, <laughs> like completely out of, out of the building. Um, so th- there was clear frustration. I think he understood the benching just in the sense of, you know, Hey, like, like it's like a little slap on the wrist, you know, like don't do that again. And I think he's just going to take that and learn from it. Um, 
and basically just apply it moving forward. You know, you gotta you gotta shake off the bad games and hope that they bounce back. I think York is a player that is capable of doing that. Um, we'll 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 see. I, I mean, I don't think that he's a player that is um, up in the air in terms of like full game benching right now. Just because I just I just think the blue line desperately just needs some sort of solidification, and York does give that. Um, but I, th- I think he'll bounce back. Um, I, I just think it was a really weird game for him, but it comes with the growing pains. It comes with the fact that he's only 22 years old in the league. It came against the fact that he played against one of the hottest teams in the NHL. Sometimes emotions get the best of you. At the end of the day, everybody's still human. You know, you hit all the cliches, but at the end of the day, they're cliches for a reason <laughs> because it, it happens time and time again. He'll be fine. I could yeah, have just is, said that. He'll be fine. No. <laughs> totally understandable. This, I think this is an inexact science that Tortorella is going to have to fight all year. Is what, you know, do you keep playing kids through mistakes, or do you, do you find a time where maybe they, they get a game off and you let them reset mentally? Uh, that's, those are tough decisions, uh, and I think that's all part of a rebuilding team. Um, if you're a contender, I think it's a little easier to say, let's sit a kid and focus on winning every night. Uh, but when you're rebuilding, it's, yeah, w- when do you get spots for a young player to sit? Or when do you say, hey, let him play, let him play, let him play, see if they figure it out that way? Well, so- you can only go so far with that because with a team like this, you have so many kids that if you're sitting guys every time, like you right. you don't have enough play. Yeah. You don't have enough players to put a team yeah. on the ice. And, you know, so some guys have to play through their mistakes. And part of – not making a mistake the next time is playing through it the first time you make it. Um, so I I don't see – and I think we saw this a few times last year. Now, the thing with last year was there, there was a mixture of veterans that didn't see eye-to-eye with torts on this team, and those were part of the guys being benched. I think that was strictly we're going to send a message, this isn't how we play. Yeah, this thing with York the other night. The next time he makes a mistake or takes a penalty, I'm I, I'm I'm not going to be sitting there thinking, okay, he's going to be benched, because these guys have to. I mean, think about a few years ago, Travis Sanheim had a minus six game at the Garden. That was Elaine Vigneault as the coach, but still, think about where Travis Sanheim is now, and how he started the season. I'm sure that game and and games like that he's learned from. So these guys have to learn from these type of situations. And, you know, it's not as if York has had hasn't had good moments. I mean, he's kind of been looked at as, hey, kid, here are the reins. We got rid of Provorov because you're here. Essentially, uh, in a lot of people's minds, that's what they've done. Now, I know he hasn't really stepped into that number one defenseman role yet. Um, and we've seen Travis Sanheim running the top power play unit a lot this year. So, but those are kind of, it's it's kind of like you're not the man, you're not the man. They got rid of this guy. Okay, now you're the man. And it doesn't happen like that. So I, I, I think this will be handled differently than some of the situations last year. Um, I think we've seen, Tortorella identify certain players in the past 
that he wanted to make an example of. And potentially Morgan Frost is that player right now. I mean, I sense that Tortorella likes to make examples of guys that he gets frustrated with the amount of potential they have and them not living up to it. And a lot of those guys aren't here that were here last year. And now, you know, it seems that's his MO is to identify players that are going to be made examples of. And I'm not suggesting that's what York is, but, you know, he, he doesn't mess around and he doesn't care what the stature of the player is with the team. Um, I mean, he benched Konechny last year when he was the leading scorer on the team. Uh, I remember him benching Konechny and Hayes for the entire third period of a close game last year. So it's, it certainly does not matter what, what the player's name or stature is with the organization. Uh, they're all going to be treated the same way, which there's some benefits to that, but there's also some downsides and leads us to speculation like we're doing right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Celebrity cook Steve Martirano brings his Italian-American cooking back home to Philly. Enjoy Martirano's Prime at Rivers Casino and Steve's famous meatballs with Sunday gravy, prime steaks, and more. Make reservations for Martirano's Prime on open table. Yeah, with the injuries, I think the Flyers need to play some of their kids. Uh, you know, Sean. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Couturier out gives them you know, a, a thinner group at Ford and with Carter Hart out, uh, you know, you're playing Samuel Erickson and Cal Peterson in net. I think those injuries are enforcing the Flyers' decisions right now a little bit. Brooke, are you worried at all about Couturier or Hart? The injuries right now, according to the Flyers, are day-to-day. I think so that's a positive, but sometimes you never know. Uh, those are key players nonetheless. Yeah. Um. I mean, if anything, I sit here and I'm like, you know what, anybody – who had sat here before the season and said that Couturier being back in the lineup wouldn't affect this team. I hope that they understand now that that is not the case. Mm-hmm. He immediately impacted the game from being back from, you know, the start of the season and him being out is obviously a concern. I don't really know how to handle the day-to-day situation because, you know, you just, you never know. You you could say it's day-to-day and then, you know, in a week they could be like, yeah, he's going to be out for four to six weeks. (laughs) So I just, I take the day-to-day with a grain of salt. (laughs) I hope that I'm wrong. Um, And then, yeah, the heart situation makes me (laughs) more nervous than the Couturier one, I guess, just because I feel like heart's been having a really great start to the season. Um, And we were in the newsroom the other night and Joe was on the other side of the office and I saw the Sandstrom news and I'm looking at Joe. I was like, Hey, well, this is something we're going to have to monitor now. (laughs) And he was like, wait, like, like Sand, like Sandstrom. Yeah. So now it's, it's like you went from, you know, possibly having a really great duo of 
you know, starting heart, you know, majority of the games, having Arison as the backup to now being Arison and, and Cal Peterson, who, again, I, there's nothing against Peterson. I just know that it was just, it was just a trade chip. Like he was just, I never saw him making the roster and now it's like a last resort situation. So if I had to pick which one I'd want back, obviously I'd want both. I would love Hart back sooner rather than later. Absolutely. And I think the, the, the I think also the what you just mentioned there, it's all of a sudden it's goes from a strength to a position of how many goalies are in the in the organization that can actually play. Mm-hmm. I you can't know. do the I can't do the goalie carousel again. We can't yeah. have seven starting goaltenders again. I can't do it. I mean, I think what's exactly. funny is that what's funny is that season that they had the the, the mm-hmm. seven or eight starters. There was a goalie cow that started. It was Cal Pickard. Remember, yeah. Yeah. he was one of, one of the eight, seven or eight that played. And it was also and, Hart's starting like his first year in the league yeah. too. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, and that was uh, that was uh, that's rough to watch when there's a different guy between the pipes every night. The only thing, I mean, I, I was concerned about the look of the heart injury, the look of the heart injury, and the fact that he he got checked out once in the game, and then the second time he comes out of the game led me to believe that whatever happened the first time got worse. And then the vagueness yeah. of the NHL injury descriptions leads us to speculate like we're doing right now. But when a goalie has a mid-body injury – there's pretty much two things. It's either the hip or the groin, and both of those are vitally important to the way a goaltender moves between the pipes. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know how. I don't know how it could just be a little thing. So, I mean, day to day, who knows? That could mean twenty days, yeah. thirty days. Right, right. I hope. I really hope that we're wrong. I hope maybe he just maybe twisted something a little. Like it just it just wasn't sitting right, and maybe they did it as like a precaution, like hey, like let's let's keep you out the rest of the game. I really hope that that's the situation because if not, I am really nervous, really nervous about the goaltending position because coming into the season, it was one of the only things that I was semi okay with, and now I just feel like every game you're going into is a game of chance. It really is, and if the offense isn't producing, if these younger guys aren't putting up anything really offensively. They're screwed. I don't even know how else to explain it. They're they're going to be screwed. Well, the one good thing, too, is, is that the pressure got put on Erson and he delivered. Oh, yeah. So it, it wasn't that feeling like that Anaheim game that we brought up earlier where that game started to feel like any puck that went on on net, no matter where it was from on the ice, had a chance to go in. And – so I'm glad to see Arison bounce back from that. That said, let's hope he has that game as the backup goaltender going forward and not the guy who has to play almost every night because things are looking real thin. I mean, they recalled Sandstrom and put him on IR, so it's not exactly like he's going to be ready to play in a couple of days. So um, it's just a uh, wait-and-see thing and um, – I'm sure the uh, question will be asked to Tortorella and he'll get mad at whoever asks it because he doesn't talk about <laughs> the injuries. Um, and they'll try to ask four or five different ways 
I know you guys tried, Jordan. You tried yeah. to get that information out of them. Can you talk you about just... the heart injury? No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And there's the always standard. I didn't haven't talked to the trainers yet, which yeah. I, I think we all know is probably not true. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're in constant communication with the trainers. <laughs> I, I do always enjoy that one. Uh, but yeah, Hart, obviously such an important player, plays the most important position in the game. And I think we'd all agree that the Flyers are a significantly different team when he's on net. And not only that, he it's just a, such a big year for him. It's a contract year. I think everyone knew he was kind of floated around in trade rumors in the offseason. So big year for him and the Flyers need him in net to, you know, to have a chance to win a lot. Um, with Katoria, I thought there was a couple positives. Uh, it's not related to his back. It's a lower body injury, so that tells you it's definitely not related to his back. And I think it's the thing that maybe nagged him a little earlier in the year. He missed a practice before the home mm-hmm. opener, and then he had a maintenance day last week. Uh, so I think it's maybe something that's nagging him, and maybe the Flyers just said, hey, let's try to nip this in the bud now. But again, as Brooke alluded to, you never know. I mean, we've seen day-to-day injuries go to long-term. So uh, it's certainly something to monitor. Uh, and I think the Flyers are going to feel their absences, um, you know, moving forward. Uh, we already are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're already feeling it. And it's only, you know, two games. So exactly. who knows what the – who knows? Who but the heck knows? Something to keep an eye on for sure. Then um, that just gives more opportunity for some young kids to step up. Samuel Harrison to get some more starts. Cal Peterson to try to prove that he's still an NHL goaltender. And, of course, the young forwards uh, that we've been talking about. See if they can, you know, fill the void, take some roles, and, and put up some points in Couturier's absence. But some late-night hockey, guys, coming up. California. Who's excited? Flyers after dark. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of 10 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. starts. We'll have all the games on NBC Sports Philadelphia, so you'll be able to watch it, pregame live, postgame live. And, of course, we'll have Flyers Talk podcasts later this week as well. Joe Fordyce, Brooke Desher, thank you so much for joining me. Great seeing you both. Great chatting with you both. A big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen, and we can't wait to talk to you next time.